Baby Boomer Tales. Jimmy, we're going to put this little mask on you and count backwards from 100. Now don't be scared. It's not going to hurt a bit. 100. 99. 98. 97. 96. Scalpel. When I was eight, I was always getting sick and the doctor told my folks I needed to get my tonsils out. Next thing I remember, I was at the hospital and the nurses were getting me in the bed and telling me that after I wake up that I could have ice cream and to be brave because I was a brave little boy. And then they wheeled me into that operating room and Doc was there and some nurses were there and they were all standing over me and then they put me out. When I first got to the hospital and they put me in my room, I had to share a room with an older man and he introduced himself to me and his name was Buzz. So Buzz told me some stuff that was going on and he was very friendly and very nice and then everything was happening and then I had to go into the operating room. Well, when I woke up from the operation, my throat hurt so bad. I had never had pain like that. And I was laying in the bed and the room was dark and a nurse was there and I croaked, my throat hurts. And so she gave me some water and told me that later I could have some ice cream and told me that I didn't have a buzzer on my bed to let old Buzz know if I needed her at all. Why don't I have a buzzer? Because you're a little boy. That night, I remember tossing and turning, and my throat was hurting so bad. It was on fire, and I wanted to cry, and I couldn't stand it anymore. I go, buzz, buzz the buzzer, and buzz the buzz the buzzer, over and over and over, probably four or five times during the night. Now I understand why I didn't have a buzzer. I'd just been buzzing that sucker all the time. Buzz was very nice to me and very kind to me and tolerated me all night. Later I found out that Buzz had some kind of terminal illness and didn't live that much longer. I don't think I would have made it that night if it wasn't for Buzz. Well, the doctor that took out my tonsils was the same doctor that delivered me and one of my brothers and my sister. He also delivered one of my children. He pretty much ran the hospital and was one of the most famous characters in the whole county. Very, very nice man was our doctor from the time probably my mother moved to that county until he retired. When I finally got out of the hospital and I got to go home, I got to take my tonsils with me. They were pickled in a jar, and we sat them there on a coffee table, and everybody that came to visit me went ooh and ah and said, did that hurt? And I said, no, it didn't hurt at all. You know, putting on a brave face. The tears were over, and I was strong again. Well, I had a friend named Keith, and when he got his tonsils out, they put them on a mantle over the fireplace, and they were there for years. My tonsils kind of disappeared one day and never did find out what happened to them. My mother just said I didn't need to see those things anymore. 
Now, I did take them to school and show everybody. And then anybody that would come to the house, I'd say, you want to see my tonsils? And so my mother probably just finally got tired of all that stuff and chucked them. Back before my famous operation, the one that probably changed my life forever, and I'll explain that in just a moment, but there was a girl in our class named Josephine, and Josephine was bigger than anybody else in class. And we all kind of probably made fun of her and gave her a bad time. And she wanted to play with us boys and not with the girls. And I don't blame her. The girls probably ostracized her. But one day she wanted to play with Stuart and me. And we said, no way. We're not going to play with you today. And next thing I know, she had hit us both, knocked us down into a ditch. She handled us both, just her. So you always kind of didn't want to make Josephine mad. After I got home from the hospital, all of a sudden, Josephine started coming around the house, wanting to know if I was okay, wanting to know if she could come see me, wanting to know if I felt good enough to come outside and play now. And my dad would come and say, I had to run Josephine off again. Why does she like you so much? Like me? She knocked me into a ditch. Finally, one day, Josephine came around and my dad told her, beyond any shadow of a doubt, never come back to our house ever. And Josephine left. And the next day, she never came back to school. Her family had moved. She was probably just coming to say goodbye to me. Looking back, I kind of feel bad about that. I didn't like her and I thought she didn't like me. I think my dad was trying to protect me because he usually didn't pay any attention to who was coming or going anyway. I probably told him stories about Josephine. I don't know. I've always felt kind of bad about that. Josephine, I forgive you for knocking Stuart and me down into the ditch. <laughs> you were tough. I'll tell you that. After my operation, there was one thing that had changed in me. Now, they gave me the operation because apparently I was always a sickly child. I always had a cold or was always getting the crud or something. I always didn't feel good. Now, I don't remember this part, but that's what I've been told by my parents. And so, Doc said that if I got my tonsils out, that would take care of everything and I'd be feeling better. And he was correct, pretty much. I really don't get sick hardly at all, ever. I'm very healthy, always have been. So it must be after that operation, I was fine. They look at things differently about tonsils anymore. But back then, in 1958, that was a recommended operation if you had any kind of health situations whatsoever. I think everybody I knew had their tonsils out. And if you didn't have your tonsils out, something was wrong with you. Well, after my operation, I could... Now, don't get grossed out over this. It's just a bodily function. Please, don't get grossed out over this. And you might think I'm kind of weird. I don't know if anybody else experiences this or not. I really don't know. I've never really talked with anybody about it. And maybe I should. Anyway... After my operation, I could pull stuff out of my sinuses, like pull snot and stuff, into my mouth. I just, like, pull it out. And then I could spit it out or whatever an eight-year-old boy does. And to this day, I can still do that. 
and it makes me feel healthier if I can pull stuff out of my sinuses. Not that there's a lot, but sometimes there is. About three or four years ago, I experienced a situation where I couldn't smell anything except this one foul smell. I couldn't go to a bouquet of flowers and experience their fragrance. I couldn't smell dinner being cooked. I couldn't smell how bad a public bathroom was. I couldn't smell anything. I'd lost my sense of smell and I just had this one foul smell. And so I went to my doc and they ordered a CAT scan scan me and then made an appointment with me with a ENT, ear, nose, and throat specialist. So I went in there and the gal walked me back. I I try to be folksy and friendly sometimes. I overcompensate, I think, because of my hearing. But anyway, I said, uh, so did you see my CAT scan? You see what they're talking about? They had seen something at my doc's office that prompted them calling the specialist. She said, no, I haven't looked at your chart. Doc will be right in. So he walks in. First thing I said is, you see my CAT scan? He says, I don't need to see your CAT scan. What do you mean you don't need to see my CAT scan? He asked me a couple questions. He said, I know what's wrong with you. You need to use a CPAP machine. You have sleep apnea. I said, I do not have sleep apnea. I cannot smell. What does that have to do with my sense of smell? And so we bantered back and forth and argued back and forth. And I got this impression that the guy really thought he knew much more than me. And he was actually better than me. And how dare I even challenge him on this? Well, I know several people that have sleep apnea. And I had none of those symptoms. And nobody ever said anything about losing their sense of smell. And I knew that I couldn't pull anything out of my sinuses into my mouth to spit it out like I used to. It was like I couldn't do that. And I explained that to him and he, you know he didn't even look in my mouth, look in my nose, look at my ears, or look at my CAT scan. Very frustrated. I finally left his office without getting a CPAP machine and I don't even think I said thank you which is out of character for me because I usually thank somebody even if they, you know, kick me in the shins. I went home. I expressed my concern with my wife, telling her that I just wasted a trip to a specialist. I called my doc and left a voicemail saying that that doc didn't even do any of that stuff. Anyway, I went back to the doctor and we talked about it. And then I went home, still smelling that foul terrible odor. It was bad. Then one day I was trying to pull the stuff out of my sinuses. Remember, you're not getting grossed out, right? Right. Just checking with you. I want to make sure. And all of a sudden, I pulled the stuff out of my sinuses into my mouth and I spit it into a Kleenex. And it was a big thing. All I can say is it reminded me in size and shape of a football player's mouth guard. It almost had the consistency of it, except it's kind of soft and stuff. It's kind of yellow and hard like cartilage. And the weirdest thing happened. The foul smell went away and I could smell again. I could smell the roses. 
I could smell dinner being made. Shoot, I could smell good and I could smell bad. That's what we're supposed to be able to do. It was amazing. Well, I flushed that sucker down the toilet. I probably should have saved it in a baggie and taken it to that guy and put it right in his hand. But I didn't. Vengeance is not mine. I don't care. I'll never go back to them and I'll never recommend them to anybody else. But I can smell now perfectly well. It's a wonderful thing. I can pull out a little snot out of my sinus cavities anymore and spit it out. No big deal. Just like old Doc back in the day when I was eight years old. So that's when I remember being able to do that after that tonsillectomy. Tonsillectomies are not in vogue anymore. They only do it as a last resort on health reasons. I know neither one of my daughters had their tonsils out, and you just never hear about it anymore. I always remember old Buzz, buzzing that buzzer for me. What a kind man he was. He had problems of his own, and yet he did everything he could to comfort an eight-year-old boy. You can find us on the internet at babyboomertales.com. Once there, you will see links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, and more, where you can hear our podcast. There's also a link where you can buy our book, and a link where you can shop on our Amazon store. It has been very nice being with you today. Thank you for putting up with me. You're starting to know me, all the good and all the bad, all the highs and all the lows, all the smiles and all the tears. It's a heck of a journey we take, the journey called life. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, always strive to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday. Welcome to Dr. Jim. I'm an ENT, ear, nose, and throat specialist. Let me see. Let me see. Yes, you have two ears. Let me look inside them. Ooh, you need to clean those puppies. Your nose. Yes, I see. You got quite a snoz there. Now say ah. Uh, Ooh, it's hard to see when you have your mask on. This is my prescription for you. No CPAP machine for you. That'll be $50, please.